Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of Ag Credit Set It. We are on the, uh, the I guess we're putting the cherry on top of uh, season two here. So we got all four of us in the studio here and we just wanted to uh, provide another, we, we did this last year for season one, kind of a recap episode of all of our favorite kind of maybe scenes or episodes that we kind of, we did over the last year. Uh, so all four of us are here. So, hey everybody, welcome. Hello. Hello. How Good we day. doing everybody? Good. I think this is the first time this season, isn't it? And obviously it's going to be the last time this season too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good to have everybody, the gang back together again. So. It is. It's been so rare that all of us have been together, or at least seen each other throughout the season here. Yeah, other than meetings about this stuff. <laughs> That's right. about it. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. So we did this, like I said, we did this last year, end of season one. We uh, sat around and we, we've done a ton of episodes this year. We've had a ton of great guests. We've talked about a lot of different topics and uh, we like to just go around the table and, and just share maybe some of our highlights, some of our favorite points on on some of the episodes that we've done. And so um, I can kick us off here. Um, and I, uh, one of my favorite episodes and guests that we had, um, it was on episode 22 and John Stoller was our guest. And so he's a, a tax accountant near our branch near Van Wert, Ohio. And I'm a nerd, <laughs> of course. I, I know you're going to say that. I am a huge nerd. <laughs> And you so said I picked it. the tax, the tax uh, uh, topic. Uh, John would John would agree with me that that was the best episode, I'm sure. Uh, but we we had a great discussion, Brenna. I think you were my co-host uh, on that episode, yeah. and we talked uh, a little bit about entity structures, uh, tax implications with entity structures, and, and kind of how that can affect an operation, and just the the simplicity of maybe not having one to the full complexity of having one, and and how you operate within that, and kind of the pros and cons of of that. So. Here's that clip, and here's Brent and I chatting with John Stoller. I'm still waiting for the day when I'm at a social event, and someone yeah. comes and asks about the differences in operating entities. Yeah. It still hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> there are differences, uh, and there's different advantages and disadvantages to the different types. The advantage of a Schedule F, Schedule F sole proprietor, is that it's, it's simpler. Yeah. It's easier to follow, easier to understand. If you don't like paperwork, that might be better for you. There are different options with a Schedule F that you can do to try to reduce self-employment tax. Usually what people don't like about Schedule Fs is if a farmer makes 100000 on a Schedule F, you pay the income tax on that, and then you pay self-employment tax. Self-employment tax is another 15% on top of your income tax rate. So even if you're overall rate might be in the 12% bracket, then you add the 15% on top of it. Mm, okay. And and you're paying, when they pay their bill on their 1040, most of that bill is self-employment tax. Now, if they want to draw Social Security someday, they have to pay self-employment tax to get Social Security. So, Gotcha. Okay. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you pick your poison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, that, that self-employment, that is the biggest one. Um, if, if a farmer has a Schedule F they, and their spouse owns ground, the farmer could pay rent to their spouse. Okay. Then the spouse has that income as Schedule E, which is subject to income tax, but not subject to self-employment tax. So there's okay. different strategies depending on the entity you can follow to try to do that. Now there's 
certain paperwork and procedures you need to do. Again, you have to play the game. Mm-hmm. You can't just do what you want to do. There's probably some wheels turning in some heads as people yeah. are listening to this. Yeah. Got to color within the lines. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you're on this coloring page, you flip it over and switch to an LLC. When you go to an LLC, then there's a whole new lines to look at. LLCs can be treated three different ways. There's no tax LLC form out there. LLCs can be treated as Schedule Fs. LLCs can be treated as S corporations. LLCs can be treated as C corporations. So what's the difference between those? There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So Schedule F is on the 1040. The income there is subject to SE tax. It's the simplest form. LLC taxed as an S corporation has to file a separate tax return. So then it has its own S-Corp tax return, which then they'll need to give to the bank, Mm -hmm. along with then their personals. Now you have two different tax returns. The primary benefit of an S-Corporation is the farmer becomes an employee of that S-Corporation. The farmer's paid a wage. That wage is subject to SE tax. However, any profit from the S-Corporation is not subject to SE tax. Okay. So you take the 100000 that was on a Schedule F, the full 100000 was subject to the 15% SE charge. The farmer switches to an S-Corp, pays himself a wage of 50000 He pays SE tax on 50000 50, He'll still receive credit on Social Security for earnings up to 50000 but then he's not paying SE tax on the remaining 50000 So then he can save 7500 in tax each year. Okay. Once again, wheels are turning. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's there, there are complexities and nuances kind of to all of those and certain things you want to do and not want to do yep. to not draw attention to yourself. The saying that pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, pig out but don't be a hog. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You don't want to be noticed. Yep. Uh, Those who really are aggressive and push the limit and don't have a justification for it have a dramatically higher chance of being selected for audit. Gotcha. Okay. So back to the C-Corp. C-Corps are different. They are not a pass-through entity. S-Corp, whatever profit it makes, passes through to the individual. C-Corp has its own tax return. It has to pay its own tax. C-Corps have a tax rate of 21%. Then C-Corps can use commodity wages. They can pay health insurance benefits for the employees and their families. C-Corps can even get a deduction for grocery bills. If the employee of the corporation is hired to make food for the employees of the corporation, there's a lot of taxable benefits C-Corps can do, but they're the most complicated. So then you have to, when it comes to paperwork, be willing to have minutes to have resolutions, to have things documented, to have the employment agreement between the employees of the C-Corp. And, and a lot of times it's the same people, right? Yeah. It's the, the farmer's yep. family, mm-hmm. but, but they have to put on different hats. I got my C-Corp hat on. I've got my employee of a C-Corp hat on. I'm now the renter who owns the land that the C-Corp is paying yep. like cash rent to. There's a yep. whole lot of uh, shoe boxes on a counter that they're keeping track of yep. all this stuff. You're in. the shareholder of the yep. corporate. Yep. Yep. I just keep thinking of operating agreements going through yep. my head and how it's all structured and mm-hmm. what label you give yourself as a owner, employee, all that. 
So, so you try to find ways to maybe reduce self-employment tax or to try to get deductions that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get, depending on the choice of the entity you form. But then you weigh that against how much complexity do I want? Mm-hmm. I can show the benefits that you could have to someone, but if they hate paperwork and it causes them headache and worry, then it might not be worth it yeah. to that individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, when and you I, hire a secretary to handle go, yeah. it for you. Yeah, a bookkeeper <laughs> that does that, yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, that was a good clip here. And so that one, again, if you wanted to listen to that clip, that was or let, that full episode. It was episode 22, and that our guest, again, was John Stoller. Uh, so another good episode if you guys listen to. Matt, you're up next, sir. Thanks, Phil. So it's been a great season. How do I pick, you know, my, my top? There's been so many, so many great guests we've talked to, so much great information and topics we've had this year. I think one that might stand out for me a little bit was episode 34, where uh, Libby and I uh, got to sit down with Barry Thompson and Anthony Lester of the Ohio, uh, Ohio State Patrol and the Ohio Motor Carrier Division and really kind of covered a lot of stuff for farm exemption, utility vehicles, truck laws, uh, farm equipment on the road laws. It's just a lot of stuff that today's producer, you think you know, but you don't know. And so it's just a lot of great, I'd say, real-life information on that, Libby. And, uh, you know, one of the things that really, I think, kind of stood out to me, too, was when we started talking about uh, the farm exemption, and especially um, we see them on the road all the time as utility vehicles, and we started talking about that. But there's a lot of great information in that episode, guys. Um, but it's one of those, we're going to play a clip here, but... Uh, um, just a lot of good information that you, know, you may not think about when uh, you're out there on the road, especially uh, we're recording this right now. We are, you know, finished up with wheat harvest, um, you know, a lot of sprayers, a lot of equipment still on the road. So uh, just give her a listen. Hey guys, and we're back here uh, with Ag Credit Set. So, you know, we've covered some pretty good topics here. And another one I was thinking about too, Libby, you know, and I know you guys, I know I'd say, 90% of farmers have one, you know, we talk about our side-by-sides, our utility vehicles. Yep. Um, can you guys kind of go into, what am I, what can I do for one, <laughs> I guess, what can I do with that side-by-side? You know, I, I'm under the mentality of, Hey, I'll toss an SMV on the back. It's a farm vehicle at that point. I can do what I want. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There, there are some uh, limited exemptions to those. You know, they are an offered vehicle. You know, they're not titled as an honor vehicle. You can't, license them to drive up and down the road like you can your automobile. Uh, there are some limited uh, exemptions that they're allowed in a municipality or an area that has a speed limit of 35 miles an hour or less. That local jurisdiction can do an inspection on that vehicle if they allow them, and then you could get an actual license plate. But at that point, they can only be operated on those streets that are 35 mile an hour or less in that municipality that allows them. Okay. Now, when we go to the farmer side of it, it can be used as a farm tool, just like a tractor, just like a skid loader, uh, but they're not used for normal transportation. Uh, they would have to be used going from field to field, uh, from a short distance, uh, servicing that farm. Okay. Uh, so you couldn't just hop in it and go down to the local store and get your milk, <laughs> you know, and come on back. Unless you have a shovel in the back, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or go take your wife out to dinner or something. But it would just be a, a farm machinery, uh, and they would fall into that same practice. If you're doing farm-related work, going from field to field, they would be allowed. But routinely, they, they are not legal on the highway. 
So I think that was a great episode, a lot of great content. So be sure to listen to that episode and listen to all of our episodes um, when you get a chance. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I, I when I talk to uh, some of our listeners, they go back and listen to a lot of our different episodes. You hear stuff that you may not heard the first time. So Libby, I guess we'll jump right over to you and uh, pick your favorite of the season. So I'm sure it comes to no surprise which one my favorite was. It was um, our episode 33 when we got to talk about social media marketing with our ag credit producer for our podcast, which was Kayla Laubacher. And it talked a lot about when you're doing direct marketing um, through social media and showing um, different aspects of your farming and what's important and what to post and um, what social media platforms you should be on or can be on is a website necessary. Um, We also referenced some other episodes um, throughout this episode 33 um, that you can go back on that talks about some different, um, some other different social media um, or marketing branding type of things as well. Um, Again, really hard to pick our favorite or at least my favorite out of this. Um, But this little clip will talk about um, what to post and just some little tidbits there with, uh, with Kayla. Um, and then this is going to sound silly because you'd think it'd be obvious, but post about what you're selling. If you know, if you're a fruit stand and you're selling fruit or, you know, ears of corn or, you know, sweet corn or whatever, post when you have fresh, post what's coming in, post what you're going to have. You know, people want to see the product. They want to know what you have available. And like I said, that seems so obvious, but like you forget sometimes, you know, you might post about it one time and think you're good, but like keep posting about it. Um, with the algorithms on social media, not everyone sees every post. So you can repeat posts. You can post similar things like over and over and you know each post will hit different people just depending on the interactions it gets um hold on can you share what algorithms are yeah so the algorithm is kind of the behind the scenes of the social media um where the platform kind of depending on you as the user what you click on what you're viewing it'll kind of customize your news feed for what it thinks you're going to be interested in um so you know, depending what maybe ad you stop and watch, what ad you interact with, what posts you like or comment on, it's going to kind of start serving you content based on that. So, you know, one post you create might not reach Libby, but it might reach Matt because mm-hmm. it just the way it was worded or what the picture is possibly might relate with stuff he's been clicking on and vice versa. You know, you could use that same post, but maybe word it different and it might hit Libby's feed. So it's interesting kind of how that works. And it can be frustrating too, you know, because you don't mm-hmm. always have control um, over that. All right. Well, that was another great, a great podcast episode. Um, and again, like all of us said, go back and listen to the full episode if that interested you. Um, and then, like Matt said, go back and listen to all of them, um, especially the ones that we uh, referenced in this little clip here. And we'll move on to Brenna. What was your favorite episode? There were too many to choose from for the most part. But um, I really enjoyed sitting down with um, Matt and Dawn Thayer with episode 36, and it was a spot in there that uh, Matt was really talking about uh, his whole reasoning or forward thinking for their farm and bringing back the kids and kind of the meaning as to why they're doing their the job that they're doing. Um, and I think a lot of families could probably relate to that, especially in the farming industry, because it is more so about a, a family feel, and that's kind of the the spot that I thought was the most interesting or the the podcast that I thought was the most interesting just because it put it into perspective for for the family 
aspect of it all. So here's here's the clip from Matt. Well, I, I'd say it's it's uh, let's say it's my dream that everybody can come back. Now, that's not to say if my kid has an opportunity to go away and and do some, you know, they have this great opportunity to go away, then absolutely, I want what is best for them. But if I can make make it nice and uh, profitable enough for everybody to stay close, that that's my, that's my end goal. That's why we're doing this. Even now, if I buy something and it's going to take 20 years to pay off, I'm retiring at 20 years. Okay, it's really not about me at this point because, yeah, maybe for my retirement, but not. It, it's really about keeping my kids close if we can. If and and you cannot do that. If A, you're not profitable, and B, you're not big enough. And so that's why we're expanding some things now so that by the time the kids are of age, they can they can come back if they want to. Mm-hmm. But if, if you are not ready for that, then, then the farm isn't profitable and it will not work. Yeah, Brown, that was another good clip. Yeah, and so that's a wrap, guys. That's the end of season two. We're so thankful to all of our listeners out there for for listening, providing feedback, and and that's uh, what we love. That's why we love doing this. Is we love educating. We love having interesting conversations and, and just uh, bringing in people to to kind of just share what they know and, and hopefully help you guys grow your operation. So. Um, stick around. Um, we're going to do season three, uh, which starts in October. So check back then. And we'd love to hear any comments you guys have or shoot us any topic ideas on social media as we prepare, but we have another great season ahead of us. All right. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's Talk Ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.